So hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, <laughs> today is one of those days. One of those days. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Today I, has I, been, a, this whole week has been a frustrating week. Actually, we have a lot going on around here. My wife and I have some plumbing issues at, at our place. And uh, the plumbing is the worst. Like electricity, you're like, ah, oh, we haven't got like water. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's we, nightmare. we had a, a leak from one of our bathrooms upstairs. Uh-huh. And uh, they came and they fixed, they found that there were two different problems and they fixed one of them, the simpler one, and then they found the other one that's more complicated. So they haven't fixed that one yet. Meanwhile, we can't use um, all of the bathroom upstairs. Luckily, we have another bathroom yeah. downstairs. Okay. Yeah. And so the reason it's taking forever is because they found asbestos in... And the drywall in the mm -hmm. area that they need to access to fix the plumbing issue. Right. So, and so that is comes to a standstill until they can deal with that, right? Exactly. Wow. So, yeah. this this home was built in the seventies, I think. Mm. So, it has some peak asbestos time, right? Yeah, throw asbestos and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so the area they need to access is downstairs in the ceiling um, below you know, where the bathroom is upstairs and it's a utility closet. So luckily it is pretty isolated. You know, it's inside a utility closet where we have mm -hmm. the water heater and, right. and there's a central air unit there as well. And so we're waiting for, just got word today that they're going to be here tomorrow to continue because the test results came back and, you know, they mm -hmm. have, now they know what they're dealing with and they're going to come in and, and start yeah. the abatement process. So we're dealing with that. And then at the same time, we're reconfiguring some rooms in the house. My wife is setting up her office space somewhere right. else. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we've moved furniture and all kinds oh, of God. stuff around and everything is upside down. It's like, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling well and I hate it. It's yeah. Like... <laughs> and so it, it makes you appreciate the, when things are back to normal again, so much more though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and as part of that process, we sold this huge cabinet that we had, you know, kind of like a, a dresser, you know, right. for clothes mm -hmm. and stuff, but it was like pretty big and it was, to be, we've been wanting to get rid of it for a long time and we finally sold it online. And that means all of, the, all of our stuff that was there now is <laughs> everywhere is out and we're in transition. We're buying a smaller piece of furniture too. We don't have it yet. But we so don't it's... have it yet. So everything is like, <laughs> so everything is a mess. The whole house yep. is a mess. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it has a, like a big effect on you, just your mental balance. It's like, oh, it does. It does. <laughs> I just go into my laptop world. It's, it's calmer in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, maybe it, it's not. <laughs> in a, see, that's the thing. That's on the personal end of things, but also on the uh, work side of things, I'm dealing with this issue with FusionCast that I I still haven't been able to resolve. And so even that's not going the way I want it to go. <laughs> but you don't even have the luxury of going away, going out of the house to work and leave the mess behind, right? It's just there. <laughs> it's, it's right here. I'm surrounded by it as we speak. Everything is a mess. Yeah. I know it well, and it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have my sympathy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so this recording issue, the recording itself hmm. is working. But the problem is with one of the features that I introduced, which I, I should have done before from the beginning, which is remote controlled recording, where the host has control of recording 
And uh, when the host clicks record, then everyone, everyone in the session starts recording automatically remotely. You know, after all, this is a remote recording tool, so it yeah. should have that. <laughs> and uh, I introduced that feature and it was working perfectly on my dev environment. Then I pushed it to production and it doesn't work there for some reason. And I don't understand why there are no errors. The, there's nothing, you know, it's just, it just doesn't do it. So it's one of those. And I've been in contact with a um, certain cloud provider that should go without mention. <laughs> no, they've been great. They've been pretty supportive. Support has been great. The only thing is that, that okay. it takes forever. The turnaround time is, right. you know, I mm -hmm. send a message and then I have to wait around 20, mm -hmm. about 24 hours, you know, before I hear back from them. Oh, really? And then is this what you're using for basically pushing messages to, from like the server to the client, right? In order to get it to do something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm using a couple of different services for that. One of them is that one that we talked about before. Mm -hmm. And that, that seems to be working okay. But the other one is it's a different kind of API. That sends more, they're more like uh, UDP type messages, okay. you know, so yeah. client to client kind of thing, mm -hmm. no TCP. Yep. So it's mm -hmm. more, more performant, mm -hmm. but the nature of that is that there's no guarantee that right. it's going to be received. Mm -hmm. So it's like UDP like, you know, yep. protocol messages. And uh, I don't know quite yet if that's even the problem, you mm -hmm. know, if it's, something to do with UDP or anything like that. So one thing that has been hindering my progress in troubleshooting this is the fact that I don't have, up until this point, I don't have a working staging environment. I just have my right. dev environment and production. Yep. And so it, it kind of, there are certain things that I can't freely do because I don't want to break yep. production. Right. So. Mm -hmm. I've the past couple of days I've been working on setting up a proper staging environment, replicating my production environment. And that way I can test all kinds of things without fear of breaking anything. Mm -hmm. And I can mm -hmm. enable console log and I can enable all kinds of logs yep. and um, not have it be in production. Not have it. Yeah, exactly. And risk breaking other people's stuff. Or right? exposing, you know, logs mm -hmm. or exposing sensitive mm -hmm. information. So I'm almost at the end of setting up this staging environment and it's time consuming because, you know, I have to set up with all the, these different services and APIs that I use, you know, it's not so, it's not so much just that you need to get your software deployed. It's that, that you're relying on other APIs that all need to be up and running. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to create the staging project, so to speak mm. in each of these services. Yeah. Right. So, and I have to make sure that I faithfully recreate what I have in production. Yeah. And, and the, the worst, the worst thing is going to be if it works finally staging. <laughs> I know then, then it's you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But at least, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully let's hope that's, I, I am hoping that's not the case. I, you know, it should yeah. not work and I should be able to see logs yeah. and things like that or enable logs and, and things like that to to yeah. trace it one of those things that yeah that you needed to do this eventually but you'd rather have not have done it right now <laughs> yeah yeah so this thing it's part of the same process that allows me to show if you notice now i have indicators mm. that 
tell you if anybody's mic is muted or right. the camera mm -hmm. is turned off or anything like that. And so those are messages going okay. across that everyone receives and their UI gets updated accordingly. Yep. And so that same mechanism drives the remote controlled recording. And those so, are working? So it, it, it works partially. The, okay. I mean, the see here, if I disable my camera, do you okay. see, yeah, do you see yep. a little red icon now? Yep. That works fine. That works fine. But for some reason, that part is working. But if I enable the remote controlled recording, which actually did it through a flag. So there's a flag mm -hmm. now in the podcast mm -hmm. that you can turn on or off. So right now I turned it off so that we can record. Mm -hmm. So when that flag is on, only I have a record button as a host. You mm -hmm. as a guest wouldn't see a record button. Sure. And uh, But turning that flag off puts everything back the way it was with you having a record button as well. Yeah. yeah. And and so when that flag is on and and the host controls controls recording, if I hit record, then that same mechanism that's sending data that updates the UI also sends a signal for you to start recording. Every participant in the session mm -hmm. starts mm -hmm. recording. And for some reason that part is not working. So it's I don't know. That's frustrating. Yeah. So it yeah, is. you need to know if it's getting the message and if it is getting the message, why isn't it starting? And if it isn't, then why not? <laughs> exactly. And it's yeah, you don't want to do that in production because you're filling around with logs and yeah. Yeah. And the reason I found out about it was because one of the people that I onboarded a little while back actually used FusionCast to record and he ran into some problems ah, um, huh. trying to record. But luckily he noticed that backup recording was on. So he was, he still went on and recorded an episode with hmm. guests. And, hmm. you know, I'm assuming he knew that backup recording was on. So hmm. he took his chances and uh, still did it. There was no local recording for anybody else but himself, yeah. but backup mm -hmm. recording was there. And so he messaged me later and asked me if I could give him the backups. Mm -hmm. And so I did. Everything was there. I mean, that, that's good to know as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. at least that there is the backup facility and there is that, you know, that, that recording is there. So that, that, that hopefully, you know, gives him confidence that, oh, okay, even if things do go wrong, then that's still, you know, that works fine, right? Exactly. So, so I was able to provide the backups to him and, you know, I apologized and uh, I, you know, told him I'm, I'm looking into it. And uh, I said, hopefully that the rest of the experience wasn't too bad. And, and he said, no, it was great. We, we actually enjoyed it. So, so hopefully, you know, that didn't leave a yeah. bad flavor, but. Uh, well, it's better to find out now with one person than later with a hundred, right? Yeah, very true. We'll get to the bottom of it once you got staging up. I'm sure it's a, it'll be one of those obvious things that it's like a one character fix and you'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. So after that, I, I sent that email to everyone uh, that I have onboarded just to give them a heads up. And I'm sure you received that email. Yes. I was going to say, it might be worth um, clarifying because my, my takeaway with that was, ah, I can't do local recording rather than just say, you know, like the the auto recording, just to clarify, the auto recording isn't working. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good suggestion. I, I wasn't sure how to um, handle that because that's a new feature that people didn't know about. Mm. And so I didn't want to mm. convolute the message with you know, there's new features and this and that. Mm -hmm. So I That's just true. wanted to yeah. keep it kind of straight. Yeah. But because I, I was looking forward to sending this 
email with an update of all the features that I've been working on and all the mm -hmm. changes that I've put in yeah. based on the feedback that I received. And then yeah. this thing happened. And so now I have to deal with this. And I, yeah. I feel like I can't send an update about new features when this thing is not working. The properly. fundamental basic is kind yeah. of having an issue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like kind of frustrating, but... Yeah, it's strange that you said it works locally. I mean, is it possible it's some just permission issue because it's accessing camera and microphone? So if it, it may be trying to do that programmatically is just, you know, causing some... It some, could be. Uh, permission yeah. issue. It sounds like it to me. If It's it's one thing that, that would probably be my first thing I looked at is just the fact that it's, it is it is a permissions, you know, like the fact that the browser is triggering the camera without a user interaction right so mm -hmm. programmatically triggering the camera or microphone could be something to do with that that that's mm. that would just be my I, i've never used this stuff so i have yeah, no yeah. idea but that would be the the thing which would make me think this is an issue especially since it, it works locally right yeah yeah well the only thing is by by then camera is already given permission mm. microphone is already right you know right. it's already going and Th that's going right but yeah, yeah i'm wondering if there's some way you know it's because it obviously starts capturing it so i don't know yeah 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 i don't know it's uh it's an interesting one and i hope it's not something that simple because man that's gonna suck <laughs> if it's like <laughs> something super simple that i missed and i've been breaking my head you know this whole time but you, um, you've you've got staging up and running now or it's close? almost almost oh, yeah right. i i just need to finish a few a few areas here and there but yeah i will i almost have it all up and running and then I have to oh. do the, some the DNS updates so that I get my staging domain going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good luck. That sounds like a, a nightmare and stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since yeah. you have people trying to use it now. It's like the pressure's on now, right? Yeah, exactly. You feel like you're against the clock. Well, it's good practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not optimum. Yeah. So needless to say, I haven't really had time to to put together our podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah so <laughs> his priority is get this working first. And then, yeah, uh, so yeah. I apologize. I really want to get that going, but I have to focus on this for now. Yeah. No, but okay. yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait right. to be in a position where we can outsource editing to somebody else. And so that way we just record and yep. we don't have to worry and about it. It just happens, right? And it just <laughs> magically appears on the on the podcatcher. <laughs> That'd be the best, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's like, especially, well, I mean, that's the nice thing because you have uh, the possibility of somebody else going in and grabbing the files. You literally don't have to do anything. You just be yeah. like, tell them, it's it just record it, finish, and it just appears, right? Yeah. That'd be the, the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. That's, that's where I'm, work, I'm working towards that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a goal. You got to have a good goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see what else, what else do I have to update? I had a contact to somebody else to onboard and I just noticed today they scheduled a um, date. Oh, cool. I think it's mm -hmm. next week or so. I have to double check, but I have another one lined up to do a demo. Someone from microconf that I came across nice. on the community there and I'm going to be doing that demo. And then somebody else also from microconf that I had all already on my list contacted me about it. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah I have you on my list. So I just cool. sent out my Calendly to this other person and hopefully we'll get something scheduled and do another demo there. 
as well. It's, let's see what else we have. Yeah. Oh, like I mentioned earlier, most of the changes based on feedback that I received are already in, except for the, the UI is things. starting to look very tidy. It's starting to, it, as I said before, it's it's amazing how it looks like oh, everything's fine. And then you do some improvements and it's like, ah, now it looks better. <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> yeah. it was a problem before, but it, look, it feels better. Yeah. So yeah, I noticed you got your like ellipses thing in and yeah, they got these, these status icons and things. It's looking nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, notice I implemented the Hashids library. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask about that. So that's that's kind of fun, isn't it? That it's, yeah, it's handy thing. So yeah, yeah. It's nice just to be able to throw stuff in, and then it, you just decode it, and it's done, right? Yeah, yeah. It was cool. I like it. I like the short little hash, and uh, I like how it looks now. It's a little more, I don't know, more professional, so to speak. <laughs> <Yes>. You know, <laughs> no. I mean, it's the, the same with mine. You know, because especially if you're looking at like a you know a check in, and it's in a profile or some sort of users, you know, a particular user's check-in. So yeah, rather than having, you know, slash seven slash 13, it's like something and you're like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it must be, it must be secure there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I didn't do it for all of it, all of the, right. no, all right. of the app just yet, because I have a lot of IDs everywhere. And so I figured this is the most public facing Right. URL, exactly. right? Yeah, and yeah. so I just I did mean, it I had that. to think the same. Yeah, it was it was what's what's the most likely thing that's going to be cut and paste is is really the thing which yeah made me decide what to what to encode like that. Is, mm -hmm. And the, there's a possibility for mine. It would be a reference to a particular check-in or a particular user. So th those are the things that I did first, and then just other things as as I come across them, I might might change them. But okay, so you didn't you didn't uh, implement it across the board. Yeah, um, I think there's a few places where it's not using it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I didn't. It, it, that wasn't how I intended to do it. That wasn't how I uh, implemented it. It was like, okay, where do I want it implemented and just mm -hmm. pick out particular ones. And then mm -hmm. it's like, well, if I come across one, I'm working on something. I think, oh, okay, do I change that while I'm here? And yeah, so as you said, it's, it's not a priority for every single page. It's just certain things which are likely to be cut and paste or is an obvious reference to an internal that you, you know, mm -hmm. don't really want to expose. Yeah. So in particular user ID, which is, yeah, <laughs> especially at this stage, I say when we're talking like tens of numbers or single digits and it's like, although that's funny because I had, so the original photo sharing thing that I did back in 2002, that, that was, you know, I was still, you know, it was the first web application I ever built. It was 2002. It was pretty much, you know, an interface to your database. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, of course, IDs were just exposed as numbers. And it became a kind of like a badge of pride for people as well, because they were like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm number 100. Or there was one that was, uh, you know, seven and they, they they incorporated seven into their their profile image and stuff like that so it's kind of it became a bit of a, a badge that that id number and it, to be yeah. honest even with like twitter because i'm number five thousand and something id in twitter before they implemented these crazy long digits uh, that don't really mean so much originally they just had you know incremental ids mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's a little bit of a a badge of pride it's like yeah i was there <laughs> I was, yeah you were early early adopter yeah i didn't get it at first but yeah <laughs> I, I i was like okay this has got to be interesting then and no it's not <laughs> <laughs> i came around yeah 
So uh, yeah, so I've had an interesting week as well, as you may have noticed. <laughs> yeah, so not not quite as uh, hectic as yours, but uh, interesting nonetheless. <laughs> so yeah, I sent out a bunch of invitations. So I was quite the the reasoning or the the choice of first invitations to send out was people who I knew would be picky about or, or spot things that I've missed. So rather than go for someone who's at like the the perfect user, it was like, okay, let's let's get these all these niggles ironed out. And so choose, you know, five people who I know are going to be like, that's wrong. That looks weird. This <laughs> yeah. pick all the things which I know I'm blind to now, which you you know yourself. You're looking at something and someone says, yeah. that's the wrong color and you're like, oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was kind of selective with those and it was perfect for that because the, all of the feedback I got was interesting. They were all unique and not not really anything overlapping. So different people saw different things and all of them were either immediately like actionable or things which are like, okay, that's, that's a really interesting thing to consider for the next release. So yeah, almost all of them. I've been able to incorporate already. Some of them, you know, as you know, some of them are like five minute. Uh, it feels great just to now have a list of a to do list to just be able to check through. And there was very few which I disagreed with, which was nice as well. All of the the points were things that it's funny. Some of them. So one of the things when you're editing, if you've added items and you're editing them, mm-hmm. clicking away used to leave the the form field open because when I first added that I couldn't get the blur the input blur thing working properly with live view as I wanted it to it was kind of half working but it never felt right so therefore I was like okay it feels less weird to leave it than it does to have this weird state where it doesn't always do what I wanted it to which and so someone's feedback was okay the blur feels weird and I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> I, you know, when I did this, it's just like, oh, God, yeah, I, I know. And I really, let, let me have a look. And it literally took one minute to to make it work. And so talk about, you know, leaving something and coming back to it, looking at it fresh, because I haven't looked at this, you know, for probably a few months, well, months, definitely three or four months. And so I was like, ah, this will make it work. And I did it and it, it, it was like two minutes and it, it uh, worked exactly as I wanted it to and it felt perfectly right. And uh, I'm like, nice. I'm glad I didn't bother wasting days trying to get it working before because like fixing it now was just so easy. So I don't know whether that was me understanding Live View better, Live View fixing something that wasn't working before, or I'm not sure exactly what the reason I couldn't get it to work properly before was. I, I'm going to play live view just because it's easier than <laughs> blaming myself <laughs> um, but it's mo- mostly probably my fault so th- that, that was really nice to be able to just improve it in ways that I knew were not great and somebody to point it out and then immediately be able to improve it and I'm like, ah, that's exactly how I wanted it to work in the first place thank you for reminding me to relook at it and yeah even some of your feedback was was really helpful just you know like alignments and the button stuff some of the hover states I improved it it feels significantly better to me now than it did two weeks ago so and that's a direct result of people's feedback and I say it's it's I've been I think there's seven invitations I've sent out five who have given good feedback two who I think are on have been on Easter vacation so I'm going to mm. poke again and probably end of this week give them a week to 
recover coming back. So it's been, yeah, really helpful. So that, that's been kind of fun. So the next step now is to introduce the people who I think could actually be the kind of like the ideal use cases of the uh, specifically around teams. Mm -hmm. So all of the people I picked right now are either basically using it by themselves. But yeah. Yeah. But, That's yeah, how I've because, been using it by myself. Right. <laughs> and, but you know, it surprisingly, it works well. I mean, it, yes, it's designed for teams and it, it, mm. it's, you know, teams could take a better advantage of it, mm. but, but it surprisingly works I mean, so surprisingly in terms of, you know, because yeah. your main focus is for teams, but mm -hmm. it works really well with, you know, with a, a solo. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I use it myself every day, right? So this is, this is my own thing and it, it it's, I know how useful it is just for me. So I, that doesn't surprise, it, it's surprising that other people have picked up on it, but it doesn't surprise me that much because it's like, ah, yeah, I, I know, I know it's actually useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's good to hear. But at the same time, because it's not optimized for that, there's a lot of things that could be done better if it was just for you, right? So that is definitely something that I'm thinking more about simply because it's easier to convince one person to use it than to convince five, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, someone will try it out for themselves and then potentially invite other people. So the single person use case is something I want to think about a little bit more in the reasonable close future as well. Just because I think it's actually has a lot of use. I think it'd be good to, good to spend a bit of time on. I just haven't really given it much, as much thought as I have the team side. So, so the, it's funny because you're not the only person that said that either. I've had a few other people say, ah, this is actually really useful just for me. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I've been, so. I've been using it, you know, here and there. I want to get more into it and, and use it even more, but I have. I have been using it occasionally just to, you know, get a feel for it and, and give you feedback, but I like it a lot. I like the, the, the interface is playful. It's, you know, pretty modern and, and it just feels good. Uh, I like what you've done with that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I, I think some interfaces tend to be kind of rigid, you know, or utilitarian. You know, even yes. even FusionCast, you know, sometimes I question some of my choices and and just the structure, you know, because I made it very structured and, you know, mm. just to trying to give it, give it a sense of order, I guess, or, right. you know, but I like how you accomplish that. I mean, it look, it makes sense. It looks intuitive. And mm. uh, at the same time, it's playful. And, and I guess what I mean by playful is just that it, it's, you know, it, it it doesn't have this utilitarian feel to it where you know mm. everything is rows and columns you know it, it's you know what i mean yes yeah, yeah. it no, almost that's it it's it funny cuz so somebody else gave me the feedback yeah it feels in one way kind of old school web even though it's using modern technologies and yes it, it feels a little bit more retro in the way that it, it isn't regimented and i guess that's my personal preferences coming out strongly yes yes but, but i know that that's, I, a, I know that's the... a good that's a good way to describe it it's like like old school but with the modern touch of the modern ui you know cool. that's really good to hear that that's very reassuring because that's that's something that bugs the hell out, hell out of me about the current state of the web is just everything's becoming very too feels corporate even when it's a you know an indie project it still feels like it, things are coming from a corporation it's like 
you know, I, I want your personality to come through too. So yeah. I tried to, and there's something I'm trying hard with the copy and things as well. So I'm, so I've started playing with copy.ai. Have you seen it? Have you played with it? No, no. It's cool. It's a indie hacker project. It's two guys, I think. And hmm. it uses the GPT-3 machine learning data prediction, text prediction, rewriting thing. So you give it a description or some copy. You basically tell it what uh, and what you want or what you want to say. Okay. And it will rephrase it in multiple different ways. So for instance, you can use it for say your landing page, like hero text, you, you describe your project and it gives you like 10 different examples of copy that you could use as hero text for your project. And it's, I'm not using it to directly, but as a way of like unblocking your mind. Cause you know, when you think about something, you get stuck in a rut, right? Yeah. So even just like the copy on my homepage where you yeah, as in after you've logged in, there's a kind of a dashboard page that shows you other people have logged in. So the text there that's like, you know, good morning, you know, other people have done things, you know, have you finished this? So I write it as how I'd want to say it first. And then once you've done that, you kind of get stuck in that. You can't see other ways of writing it, right? So you throw it in copy AI and it says, how about these? And you're like, okay, I wasn't thinking of that, but that some part of that wording would sounds better than my wording. So it's huh. so kind okay. of just a way of getting your brain out of that groove and just trying different things. So I highly recommend it. It's uh, I think there's a seven day free, completely free trial. And then it's like $30 a month. And it's, so it's got a thing for like email subjects that are catchy. So again, you say what your email is and it says, how about these as email subjects? And you're like, that one, that's, wow. that's the tone that I want. It's got a thing for like blog ideas. So you tell it what your blog's about and it says, how about these, you know, and they're all AI generated. So they kind of are coming from a, a reasonably sensible place, but some of them are way out, but the general mix is quite, quite fun. So that's really helping me improve my copy simply because it's making me try different things that I wouldn't necessarily come up with myself so nice was, uh, recommended what, playing with what is it called again copy dot ai dot ai huh how did you find out about this one i don't know it, <laughs> it, 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 twitter <laughs> pretty twitter. much everything yeah. i know comes from twitter these days right yeah <laughs> so the the two founders are on twitter they're they're, they're doing a build in public i think they're they're their revenue is starting to go significantly. They were like, I mean, they're, they're tens of thousands, I think, a, a month. But they, they give updates on their MMR, MRR regularly. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they seem to be onto something quite good. And it is a really simple web app. It's just an interface to GPT-3, but with specific context. So you say, you know, this is, I want this type of thing. It does like sentence rewriting, things like that. So it's um, well worth playing with. If you nice. want landing page copy or email copy, things like that, just, mm -hmm. although, you know, you, you're like your uh, landing page is already pretty good as well, but <laughs> it, it could be a, a way of just trying to get different ideas. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm looking at their website. Site looks cool too. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that, that's really good to hear. I'm very happy to hear that, that it's, it feels like uh, it's, you know, there's a million things that I really want it to do. And I've been desperate to just not get too bogged down in doing everything. So <clears throat> hopefully this, the functionality it provides right now has a use and it is useful. 
and now I can start to build on top of that. So that's that's the the hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's looking good. It's looking really good. I like using it. I'm gonna be using it more. I started using it for FusionCast related tasks, so mm -hmm. to speak. And so as I as I get more into it, I'll give you more feedback. You know, whatever I come across. But yeah, it's it's looking really good. I like it. That's good. Thank you. So I think the the thing which I find it's helpful with. So I, I, especially on a solo project, you know, using like an issue tracker just feels like completely way too heavy, mm -hmm. even though, you know, it, it might probably be a good idea. It's right now, it just feels too much, but at the same time, having a, a kind of a notepad of like, yeah, these are the things I need to do. This is the thing I need to do next. Mm -hmm. And I've done it. So having that kind of way of organizing it and recording it, it just seems it works well for, for me. Hopefully others find the same thing too. So yeah. just having that, having that list of, yeah, I need to think about those things, moving that to, this is my thing. These are the three things I'm going to do next. I mean, I've even almost, there's lots of things that I thought about trying to like codify and recommend, but I kind of want people to figure those things out for themselves as well, figure out what works best for them. So I'm trying not to be too heavy handed with like, you know, what is your main thing? Like, uh, choose three things. And it's like, ah, they're, yeah. they're adults. they can figure it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're going in that direction. It's a little more, it just gives freedom to people to use it in the best way it fits for them. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, one of the things that's, I, again, I guess this is a product, uh, a byproduct of me being uh, an old school web user and fan of like my favorite web apps that I've, I've I still feel I learned a lot from and are my kind of favorite types of web apps are things like the original Delicious before it became something yeah. that uh, the original Flickr when and all of them are, are still they have this aspect of like human hacking. So they give you a, loads of features and they say, you figure it out. So communities naturally f form around like Flickr tags or, you know, like albums and things. And same with Delicious, you know, people come up with different ways of using it that weren't necessarily on the original roadmap or, you know, it wasn't the original design they created by the users. I mean, like Twitter's hashtags and apps is the same, right? They weren't yeah. originally part of the original design, but they came out of people finding ways to use it that weren't necessarily conceived by the original app. So my hope is to create something that, that has a similar kind of ethos, something that is, here's a bunch of tools, you figure out the best way of using them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then as things, as people use it and you see patterns, then maybe make those, you know, more first order uh, features. But yeah, I don't want to force those down people's throats, which again, like a certain you know, newer apps tend to be like, this is how you use it. And you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, no, that's awesome. just really good to know. I, I, I appreciate the, uh, the comment that <laughs> I hope <laughs> that's come through. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's been nice also to see no, um, bugs as in no century things appear in my email, which is nice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of the the best things. Is like, oh, it seems to be working for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so far everything that I've, you know, the things that I shared with you have been just really cosmetic and mm -hmm. you know, kind of superficial. You know, like mm -hmm. not not any errors. I haven't come across any errors. No, nothing, I'm curious because you're you're in breaking. you're in US West, right? So this obviously hosts on AWS US West. So I guess that's 
is it Oregon? Is that I'm not sure. Oregon, um, yeah, it's West. So awesome. that's reasonably close to you, right? So yeah, since yeah, this is using live view, this has a a more latency for me, a lot more latency for me than you. And it still feels okay for me. It's I mean, there's a an 80 millisecond, you can't get faster than that. Yeah. Um, so that's like the the best case scenario. So because a lot of the, the so there's two types of interaction on the on the site there's ones which are using alpine which are like drop down menus and mm -hmm. hover states things like that and then there's live view uh, actions which are basically it triggers a uses the web socket to basically tell the server what's happened and the, the server responds with a chunk of html that's replaced on the page mm -hmm. so anything as far as your plan in terms of checking off something moving something editing something you know clicking on a a, a plan item um, mm -hmm. change it to an edit state all of those are actually responses from the server the html is, is is given back by the server so i'm curious how responsive it feels like when you're close by is it feel pretty like almost instantaneous it, yeah it, it feels pretty instantaneous to me it it nice yeah there's really not any noticeable mm -hmm. latency at all it's it just cool yeah it's very snappy nice That's yeah good to know. i mean my it, it there's I don't want to say it's noticeable. I, I notice it because I know what I'm looking for when I'm doing it here. Yeah. <laughs> I notice it because it's like, uh, it's, it, I mean, there's an 80 million, probably hundred milliseconds, you know, rounded up between clicking on a plan and it becoming editable. There's ways I could change that. So, you know, happens on the client first, but using just straightforward raw live view to do it, there's, that's how it does it. So yeah, that's kind of. I, I wish I was a bit closer to the server, <laughs> but I, I, it's nice being the worst case, right? Well, I guess Australia would be a worst case. It's, but yeah, it still feels absolutely good enough from here. So yeah, so, I can imagine it's. So good. your your server is in Oregon, you said? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. is that a AWS? Yeah. Can you yeah. share or okay? Yes, on AWS. So okay. I'm using a service called uh, Gig Elixir, which is kind of Heroku for Elixir, and they have the option of going through. Google or Amazon, you can choose. The, they've got set up, I think, on yeah, four or two Amazon, two Google data centers that you can choose. And US West one is is the optimum for me because it's the closest to me. And it's it's kind of the, I guess if you're in the US, you'd probably choose, you know, US Central on Google is probably a best case. But for me, it's, it's closer to my yeah. <laughs> personal request. Yeah. And also it's, it feels like a good balance for everybody. Yeah. So it's... If no, it works I, for me, then it should be fine for everybody else. Was was my thinking there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I did the same thing. My servers are in Oregon too, and I figured it doesn't re nowadays. It doesn't really with with the internet. It doesn't really matter because you're gonna have people connecting from the other side of the world. So even if I were to go with um, a data center, you know, in the middle of the of the U.S., it mm. It doesn't really matter because people connecting from Japan or Asia or yeah. some, you know, anywhere. Exactly. It, it's still going to be it around the world, now. you know? Yeah, right, right. Exactly. I mean, so I've someone has recommended Cloudflare Argo to me, which is Cloudflare's, per, per, it basically optimizes the path from the client to the server. So say you're going from Australia, you know, you might end up with, you know, multiple routes, which some are far from optimum using Argo. It's it's expensive as in mm. it's when you look at the, but apparently it does significantly 
minimize that, that route or optimize the route. So you basically get like preferred route from wherever to the server. But mm. I'm hoping I don't have to pay for that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, thankfully, a... the, the server is and the Elixir are quick enough that the response from the server is so quick that I'm basically dealing with latency. That's the only expense, you know, it's a, it's, it's a millisecond or two for the server to create the response and then you just got latency. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I wonder if it's uh, more cost effective to before going that route of, you know, Cloudflare enhanced features or whatever. I wonder if it's more cost effective to just up the server, you know, first, yeah. if you need a boost in, in performance, just up to the caliber of the server that you're running on. And until you exhaust, you know, exactly. that. I mean, for for in else. in my case, especially you know, the the slowest bit is is always going to be the the latency because the the database is on RDS, and so I did this Founders Live thing, uh, you know, a month mm -hmm. or so ago, right? So I got a bunch of AWS credits for that, like five thousand dollars worth of AWS credits, good for two years. So I'm like, yeah, big database. So nice. nice. <laughs> so I'm basically spending way more than I ever would personally on a, an RDS configuration. But because of that, the database is now not the issue. So the, <clears throat> the actual CPU bound tasks are very minimal right now because Elixir's pretty damn quick and um, the database is right next to it and that's really quick. So it's it's all latency pretty much yeah. so i hope hopefully you know that's that will be able to maintain that kind of balance that you know we'll see how that goes yeah <laughs> that, i'd require users for that to change right <laughs> <laughs> yeah true <laughs> so that that's been uh yeah a fun week or uh week and a half of responding to that and just seeing uh, how people of using it, setting up some, I set up mixed panels, basic response tracking. So I'm trying to use, there's two, two ways I'm trying to record how people are using it. So I'm using a service called Bento, which is made by somebody local for being able to trigger like email drips and things like that. So that, that's mm. the thing I'm trying to design right now is like, you know, what do I, when do I want to do things and what do I want them to do? So I want to start thinking about that process of like, okay, they've, they've logged in, they've created an organization, but they haven't checked in yet. Well, in that case, if they haven't done that for a day, maybe send them an email to say, why don't you do this? Well, if they've checked in, but they haven't invited somebody, then, you know, maybe recommend them to do that. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm setting up that service <clears throat> to do that. And I need to figure out the, the flow of emails for that. But do, do you do that programmatically with an API? So it integrates um, with your, with your code. So he has a two things. There's either a JavaScript API, which will basically just trigger page changes or the, uh, but they also have a, an, a, an API, which I'm, I'm actually writing a, an Elixir module for, to be able to do that programmatically, but basically just say they've done this, they've done this, they've done this. So you just send events. So Mixpanel has exactly the same thing in terms of triggering recording events. You basically mm. just say this user, you know, you just give them a number, this user did this, this user did this, and you just send strings of, you know, created an account, signed up, created organization, invited user. So you just, I'm basically just sending a bunch of events down to Mixpanel. Mm -hmm. And then on Mixpanel, you can basically queries to make a dashboard of those things. So I say, okay. so right now I've got a thing, a graph which says number of signups per day. And so every time I, it, you, you basically can say, show the number of times we get that event unique 
monthly per day. And so you get a graph of signups per day. Same with number of check-ins or like number of plans created. So I have a little graph of a little bar chart of how many plans have been created today, how many check-ins have been created. So you can see how the usage patterns are. So without getting all, you know, nosy about who did what, this just gives me an overview of like, some people did this thing this many times yeah. without being too Invasive. affecting people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't want to yeah. see, I don't want to know anything that anybody's doing, but it's useful to me to know how often people are checking in. So how often, uh, how many people have made plans today or how many people have checked off plans today? So just by triggering uh, like telemetry events of when someone's done something, I can just say, again, it's, it's a, it's a hashed user ID. So I don't know who did it. All I know is that at this point in time, a user and it's unique because it's hashed did this thing. So, and again, Mixpanel have like uh, this, this space, I guess, is highly competitive for like, I guess there's a hundred different uh, people trying to be the the one provider, I guess, like Segment.io, Mixpanel, Data, Box. There's, there's a bunch of these. Bunch so of them, Mixpanel yeah. have a thing where you can just say you're a startup. I, I'm literally a new customer startup and they give you $50,000 worth of credits. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, it's, it's fake money, right? But at the same time, it means, it means I can use the service for free for a year as much as I want. So yeah. I guess after that, they'll get you and I'll decide, you know, either I'm in a position where I can afford to continue or I can't and don't need to. Because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at least it gives you a year to, to figure out what to do with it. So yeah, I'd recommend doing that if you want to get an idea. I mean, in your case, you know, you could literally say, you know, somebody, you know, created a, um, created a, sh- a schedule and a, a, a call. Somebody started a call, someone joined a call, someone started a recording. You could basically just, so you can trigger it either via JS or via server side. Mm-hmm. And again, as long as it's just hash the user ID in a specific way, you can just get a, a dashboard of those events and just knowing, I mean, I literally just have a dashboard there and I just can see that ah, one person signed up today, you know, someone accepted an invite, somebody, yeah. you know, five uh, plans have been created, you know, two have been checked off. So it just gives me an idea of that's the usage patterns without getting too invasive. Or That sounds events. awesome. Yeah. I, I would like to do that. Something like that at some point. Yes, I highly recommend just just to get that idea and say then the next thing for me is is looking at Bento to to get the same thing going with like email drips because um, somebody signs up, you know, right now I've just got, you know, the, the welcome email goes out and I've got the invitation email goes out, but I then want to separate the kind of like the sales emails from that. So something, you know, that goes out at when people do particular things. Yeah, I, I'm like, I want to manage that outside of my application. I don't want to write that in my code. That's like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So also, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed, but I also have email reminders that you can create from within the application as well. So you can say like, email me at 6 PM every day to do a check-in. So, um, oh, okay. Ooh, yeah. I, 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 well, that's the thing. Nobody else has created one <laughs> apart from me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. But because I can see that on Mixpanel, I'm like, okay, I need to prioritize that. Like, so I'm doing it now after you've created a, basically create an organization or joined an organization. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come up with a, like a, an info banner. So I'm thinking of putting it in like the top right of the dashboard page. Okay. Kind of put a box around it to say, you know, did you know you can set a, a daily reminder or something? Uh, mm-hmm. Close it mm-hmm. if you want, if you don't want it to go away. But I'm thinking mm-hmm. of using that space as like a, like a recommendation of what to do kind of thing. So if you mm-hmm. haven't invited somebody, then 
you know, why don't you invite a teammate? A little, if they yeah. haven't created a, a, a reminder, maybe remind them to do that. Or otherwise, just, you know, use it for something fun if there's nothing to tell them. So kind of a space that is that the, the top right of the, of the dashboard page. Mm-hmm. And use that for something informative or like a did you know or that kind of space. So uh, that sounds good. That sounds like a really good idea. But again, but Mixpanel showing me that no one has created a reminder is like, ah, <laughs> yeah, probably should do something about that. Because right now it's just in the settings page. If you go to settings, there's reminders. And so I'm curious about that as well, because that's that was a nightmare to write from a time zone point of view. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I can only imagine. Time zone is such a, such a, a pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, if you say you want it to go out at 6 p.m. and I say I want it to go out at 6 p.m., they're different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I want to, I, the next thing I want to add is say, I want to send it at 6 p.m. on weekdays. Right now, it just sends it every day. I want it so you can say send it at, you know, 5.30 every weekday. So then I've got to basically check anybody who's, you know, needs a reminder. Well, what what day is it? Not just what time is it for them, but what day is it for them? And that's yeah. Huh. And that changes, obviously, if I suddenly go back to the UK for a week, I want that kind of to follow me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So because it updates the user's time zone when you log in. So mm-hmm. anytime you go to the dashboard, it basically records your current time zone via the browser. So that those reminders will actually then automatically reschedule because it just uses UTC to store. So mm-hmm. those from that point on will then be 5 p.m. in the UK rather than 5 p.m. Japan. Right. So that should work. <laughs> yeah. All my tests of it work, <laughs> but I'm curious now to have some other people in uh, different time zones use it to see how it, uh, make sure it works, confirm that I'm not going crazy and my tests are actually useful. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to use that. I'm going to cool. do something with it and I'll report back. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so this my plan for this weekend is to basically invite some teams. I've I say I've I've improved the invitation system page a little bit as well to give a little bit of information as to what you're doing. As you mentioned, a lot of the UI is some of it's good, some of it is very utilitarian, and the invitation page was one of them. It worked, and then I was like, I don't, I you know, wasn't in the mindset to to figure out how to fix that how to display it so i spent a bit of time with that last night so it now has like a description you can add a message there's like a default message that you can send as part of your your invitation you can change that and so that's all that's improved somewhat so now as that's working i'm gonna try and add this little information box in the on the dashboard and then send out to some teams at the weekend and cross my fingers and hope for somebody wants to use it (laughs) nice so so it's been uh it's been good it's it's simultaneously like this is great i've got some users and also like oh crap i've got users now like what if nobody wants it what if nobody uses it (laughs) (laughs) so it's like before that point it's anything's possible right and then you're like oh crap no one's logged in today like why yeah not? <laughs> oh it's it's sunday oh yeah that's why <laughs> but you you get a little bit i say i don't you know right now it's still very early like learning days and because of the people i've invited i don't expect massive like usage yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. it's going to be trying things dipping dipping their toes into it uh-huh. but and that, that's the way it goes i i I find myself in a similar situation. I've onboarded a few people and um, only a 
couple of people have logged on and tried it. You know, I think I I'm only aware of one person who actually recorded an episode, mm -hmm. and which I talked I mentioned <laughs> earlier. You know, had a, a little bit of didn't a go problem. Perfectly, but, right? <laughs> yeah, it didn't go perfectly, but but he was able to record and. Um, yeah. So, you know, in my case, I have to understand that some of these people, they already have a solution and mm. they're just, you know, kind enough to be willing to give my product a try and just that they're interested in checking it out. And they might schedule a session here and there at some point, or they might be waiting for a chance to give it a try without it being like a critical recording session that they want yes. to do. Because after all, this is still beta. So I totally, you know, understand if it takes them a while to get to it. And plus, you know, it's not something, uh, well, unless you're a professional full-time podcaster, right? It's not something that you're going to have okay, I'm going to use this right now. It's like, no, <clears throat> I'll have a, you know, there's a recording that I need to do next Wednesday. And, you know, it's a, the usage patterns are going to be not necessarily predictable or regular, like maybe regular, but not frequent. <laughs> totally. And uh, yeah, and we'll see. One thing I wanted to mention before we wrap it up, the problem that we had with your recording last time, which, you know, today you were, yeah. were not able to, to, <clears throat> to get in without the recovery mode popping up was because in the, and I, I've addressed this issue already, but before the leave button, when I, as a host, select the, to leave the session, it ends the session for everybody else. Well, it wasn't checking for the state of others yeah. in the session. And yeah, so yeah. if you were still uploading, it'll kick you out. So I changed that so that now as the host, if you select to end the session, mm -hmm. won't let you unless everyone in the session is done uploading. Yeah, gotcha. So it checks for that now. Before it was only checking for my, for the local, you know, yes. the local state. Yep. And and so that's what happened last time. When I ended the session, you were still uploading and it kicked yep. you out and right. it didn't get a chance to finish. See, this is why we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we're making these. Yeah. Help you uh, debug all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, so, it's difficult, this stuff. I mean, especially asynchronous uh, synchronous and asynchronous because, yeah, you need these things to happen, but you don't know when they're going to happen, right? So it's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's crazy. It's <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's yep. close. You, it, just get this recording book sorted and you'll be good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh, so maybe it's a good time to wrap it up. Sounds like and... it. So if I hit, hit stop recording now. Okay. And then, so I'm just thinking, give it time to finish, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good.